starring Bela Day in... But, Ma, that's my favorite movie! Oh, well, all right. But don't you spend too much time in front of that TV, do you hear me? Yes, Ma. But Ma is bringing you current movie news. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to my podcast, But Ma, That's My Favorite Movie. And I am your host, B. Lede. And today's episode is from the series Extra Extra, page four. In today's episode, we are actually going to be discussing movies that have been announced and or are in like the pre-production status. Now, I want to go ahead and give a brief summary of what exactly we talk about in this series. So I discuss movies that I am super excited to talk about that have either been announced in pre-production, in production, or are going to be released. I don't get a chance to fan out in real life, so having this platform to share my thoughts with you on these movies is so exciting, and I hope you get excited about these movies too. So the movies we will be discussing are I Want to Dance with Somebody, the Bee Gees biopic, Playboy, Millie Vanilli, and Flamin' Hot. So you can go ahead and conclude from this episode that we are definitely getting into the biographies. So we're going to go ahead and talk about the movie, I Want to Dance with Somebody, which is a biopic about Whitney Houston's life. And let me go ahead and give a quick synopsis that is on the IMDb site. All right. So this is what we have here. The joyous, emotional, and heartbreaking celebration of the life in music of Whitney Houston, the greatest female R&B pop vocalist of all time, tracking her journey from obscurity to musical superstardom. Now, everyone knows who Whitney Houston is. She is an icon, okay? She is a legend with one of the best vocals of, can we say, is it safe to say the century? I mean, I mean, to be honest, uh, so... If you didn't know, and if you've been living under a rock, you know, Whitney Houston is known for songs like I'm Your Baby Tonight, All the Man That I Need, Saving All of My Love for You, Where Do Broken Hearts Go, and of course, I Will Always Love You, and she was in movies like Waiting to Exhale, The Preacher's Wife, and The Bodyguard. She was just super talented. And, you know, she's just an icon in her own right. And, and, you know, she had the most powerful voice ever. In December of 2020, there was an article from CNN where they actually talked about who was going to be cast as the legendary Whitney Houston, which is Naomi Aki. Okay. And I want to read a little bit from this article that was written by Lisa Respers France. Okay, so... I Want to Dance with Somebody has reportedly found its star. According to The Hollywood Reporter, British actress Naomi Aki has been chosen to play the late singer Whitney Houston in the planned biopic. And so now I'm going to get into a quote from the director, who is Stella McGee. 
We spent the better part of the last year in an exhaustive search for an actress who could embody Whitney Houston. Naomi Aki impressed us at every stage of the process. I was moved by her ability to capture the stage presence of a global icon while bringing humanity to her interior life. Aki is best known for her role in Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. The project has the cooperation of the estate of Houston, who died in 2012 at the age of 48, and her sister-in-law, Pat Houston, will serve as a producer. Music impresario Clive Davis, who helped to guide the singer's career, is also producing. Naomi Aki's screen test was so powerful, it sent shivers up my spine, Davis said. Although Whitney's incomparable vocals are used for all of the songs... Naomi's extraordinary acting range enables her to masterfully capture Whitney's unique charm, star power, and of course, her personal struggles. Naomi is the real deal, and I can't imagine a better choice for this iconic role. Now, Houston died on the eve of the 54th annual Grammy Awards ceremony, which was held at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. She was found dead in her room at the Beverly Hilton hours before she was set to attend davis's annual grammy party i want to dance with somebody is said to be released on thanksgiving 2022 which is just next year so this is coming up fairly fast and i know they did a lifetime biopic about her life which i didn't think it was terrible but i do think it got mixed reviews because when lifetime is making any kind of movie about somebody's life it's like the great value brand of a name brand product, okay? It's like you get what you get, but please don't expect anything with a high budget, high quality, okay? So I'm excited because even though the story has been told before, I do not think it's been told with the best light, the best production. It doesn't embody how an icon should be portrayed. Nothing has portrayed that yet. So I think this is a perfect time to do it. And Whitney deserves her story to be told in a cinematic way because she she's a legend. So are y'all here for this biopic? Are y'all ready to see Whitney Houston on the screen? Because I know I'm definitely gonna check it out. I can't wait to see what the trailer looks like. That that's really where we're going to be able to see. But for the fact that Clive Davis is commenting, saying that her screen test gave him shivers, that he was that impressed with her, her audition. That speaks numbers because Clive Davis worked so close to Whitney. Okay. He discovered Whitney. So for him to say that, I mean, I mean, can you go wrong with that? So I'm here for it. I'm here. I'm always here for a good biopic, honey. I'm always here for a good biopic. So we shall see. All right. So moving on to the next movie we're going to be discussing, which is the untitled biopic of the singing group, The Bee Gees. And I'm going to go ahead and read an article from People Magazine. And this article uh, was posted on March 11th of 2021. So a few months ago, 
And this article was written by Jen Juno and Jillian Telly. All right. So the Bee Gees are staying alive. Kenneth Brownow is set to direct a biopic about the pop slash soul slash disco group, according to The Hollywood Reporter. The film will be written by Ben Elton, THR Reports, and distributed by Paramount Pictures. It will also be produced by JK Films, Amblin, and Sister, and executive produced by lone surviving Bee Gees member Barry Gibb. According to Variety, the biopic will follow the beginnings of the trio, Barry 74, and his twin younger brothers, Robin and Maurice Gibb, from their modest start to the peak of their fame in the 1960s and 1970s. Burnoff, 60, counts Thor, Cinderella, and Murder on the Orient Express among his directing credits, and is also known for his acting roles in films like Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets and Tenant. So this group was formed by Barry, Robin, and Maurice in 1958, and the genre-spanning Bee Gees sold over 220 million albums worldwide. It had countless number one hints, ranging from the sublime 60s pop of Words and To Love Somebody to funky 70s mainstays like Staying Alive and Tragedy. All right, so, you know, I <laughs> literally, the movie Staying Alive with John Travolta, that's what I think of Bee Gees, is literally that movie and their songs being on that movie um, because they were very disco. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't know too many Bee Gees songs, but I think it would be interesting to see a movie about them because... I don't know a lot about them and I haven't really looked them up to see documentaries or anything. So I think it would be pretty interesting. So, um, like I said, I'm here for a good biopic. So we shall see because sometimes you'll learn some stuff that you didn't know. Of course, this is going to be cinematic and high budget because Paramount's going to be involved. So I'm assuming that it's going to be a pretty good story, especially because they do have a surviving member being executive producer. So he's going to have some say into what is going on. He's going to, you know, give them the ins and outs of what happened behind the scenes. So we shall see. All right. So the next movie we're going to talk about is Playboy. And I have some interesting news about this movie, but let's go ahead and start with this. So firstly, it was announced in 2007 that this movie was even going to happen. Okay. And then I'm going to read from an article from Rolling Stone, um, that was published October 3rd of 2017. And this article was written by Elias late. All right. So Jared Leto will play Hugh Hefner in a Brett Ratner directed biopic about the playboy founder, according to the Hollywood reporter. My goal is to do the most important, my goal is to do the motion picture as an event, Ratner said. A Hefner biopic has been in development since 2007. Initially, Universal Pictures and Imagine Entertainment owned the rights to the project. Robert Downey Jr. and Hugh Jackman were reportedly possible choices for the Hefner role. The rights later went to producer Jerry Weintraub for Warner Brothers and Wedding Crashers director David Dobkin was in talks to take on the project. When Weintraub died, Ratner's Rat Pack Entertainment took over the biopic rights. 
In recent years, there have been plenty of interest and much conversation about doing a feature film based on my life, Hefner said in a statement in April. I have always believed that when the timing was truly right, the perfect creative partners would come together for this project. I believe we found those partners in Brett Ratner and Rat Pack Entertainment. Now, Hugh Hefner died last month. So at this point in time, it was September of 2017 at the age of 91. And Leto never got a chance to meet the Playboy founder. There's enough footage on Hef out there that Jared will be able to get as much information as he wants, Ratner said. Jared is an old friend, the director added. When he heard I got the rights to Hef's story, he told me, I want to play him. I want to understand him. And I really believe Jared can do it. He's one of the great actors of today. End quote from Ratner. And I completely agree. Jared Leto, to me, is the most underestimated actor. And I think he carries a powerful punch. He puts in the work and he does great work. His his resume, the movies he has under his belt have clearly showed that. Now, there was an update on this article, which I don't see exactly when this was technically updated, but on the same article, it says, Playboy has put the Hugh Hefner movie on hold after director... Brat Ratner was accused of multiple women of sexual misconduct per the rap. We are deeply troubled to learn about the accusations against Brett Ratner. We find this kind of behavior completely unacceptable. A Playboy rep told the outlet, we are putting all the further development of our projects with Rat Pack Entertainment on hold until we're able to review the situation further. So I'm not quite sure when that update was made. I think the original article was in 2017. To be honest, I think that's fairly recent, maybe, that those updates or those accusations were made about Ratner. I'm not quite sure. So, yeah, right now in the foreseeable future, we don't have a Playboy movie coming out. But when I initially looked it up, I was like, oh, that's cool. Playboy having a movie. And then I found this article and then I saw that they said it's on hold. And I said, oh, wow. I still think it's interesting to bring up because everyone knows Hugh Hefner. Everybody knows about the Playboy Mansion. They did reality shows about it on like E! And I'm not sure what other channels there may have came on or maybe was E! The Network? I think it was. But anyways, I think it would be interesting to see his life into a movie. And it will be interesting to see if maybe it, it gets taken over by someone else to do. Maybe, you know, Ratner won't be able to actually direct the movie or make it. And maybe someone else will end up gaining the rights so that it just can be made. But we're not quite sure. But to be honest, I think it's a very interesting choice to have Jared Leto. But he is a powerful actor. I think he can play about anyone. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and And this is very interesting because we're about to get into the next movie, right? So this is actually another movie that Ratner was going to be a part of, who was going to direct, which is the Millie Vanilli movie, okay? And just to give you the IMDb summary, the story of one producer and two lip-syncing male models who would sell millions of records and win a Grammy before their scam was revealed. So if you've been living under a rock, you would know about Millie Vanilli and how they have been a joke for a really long time. 
because of the fact that they were caught lip syncing. But let me go ahead and give you a little information about Millie Vanilli. Um, they were huge at one point in time, okay? And it was a duo uh, that was made up of Rob Platis and Fabrice Morvan. And they were actually founded by music producer Frank Farian who signed this duo to a contract on January 1st of 1988. And initially he did not like their voices. So he decided to have them lip sync to a pre-recorded soundtrack from other performers, which their main hit song, girl, you know, it's true was performed by Charles Shaw, John Davis, Brad Howell, Jody Rocco and Linda Rocco. And the album, All or Nothing, was originally released during the summer in Germany. And then it was released in Europe in November. And then it had ended up being released in the United States in March of 89. And it was a major success, producing five singles that entered the top five of the Billboard Hot 100, three of which went to number one, which were Baby Don't Forget My Name, Blame It on the Rain, Girl, I'm Gonna Miss You. And in 1990, Girl You Know It's True was certified six-time platinum by the RIAA after spending several weeks atop the Billboard Top 200. It spent 41 weeks in the top 10 of the Billboard Top 200 and 78 weeks on the charts overall. It was also certified diamond in Canada, denoting sales of, denoting sales of over a million units there. The duo won the Best New Artist Award at the 32nd Grammy Awards, as well as three awards at the 17th American Music Awards. So <laughs> this duo was doing very, very good for themselves. And of course, initially, no one knew that they were lip singing until during their performance at the MTV Lake Compounds theme park in Bristol, Connecticut, where basically there was an issue with the recording where it ended up like repeating one of the lines, girl, you know, is true. <laughs> and so, and of course they couldn't play it off because they've been lip syncing it this whole time. You can literally, you can Google this and I'm pretty sure the video is on YouTube of the incident that happened. Well, one of the singers in the duo had literally just ran off the stage and the one who ran off the stage was Rob. Because, I mean, what else can you do at that point? I mean, you're caught. And so this was a huge, huge scandal. And I actually recommend if you want to know more information about the background, how they started, you know, what was happening, you know, while they were, you know, going through their their success and just things that were going on behind the scenes that we didn't necessarily know about. Um, there is a really neat video about it that is on YouTube and it's called how the mastermind behind Millie Vanilli exploited black artists. And this is by the YouTuber black femininity TV. Oh my God. I love that channel. She just has the best like mini documentaries. She does so much research. The way she lays it all out is just so interesting and I love it. You know what? Her documentaries actually remind me of like behind the music and stuff. And it's a YouTuber doing it. So I, she's amazing. So if you want to know that backstory, go check out that video. What I'm actually going to go ahead and do is I will link that 
on my website. So you'll be able to see that on there as well. Now, back to Brett Ratner. Okay, so he was supposed to make this movie. He's supposed to direct it. But there was an article that was done literally February of this year. So this article was written by Tyler Aquilina. And this is what it says. So the production company Millennium Media is no longer involved in Brett Ratner's planned Millie Vanilli biopic. The filmmaker's first project as a director since he was accused of sexual misconduct in 2017. So pause So whenever they updated that article, obviously it had to been in 2017. So just in that same year they had wrote it. All right, unpause. Let's get back to the article. So Deadline reported last week that Ratner had lined up a film about the pop duo, a longtime passion project for the Rush Hour director. Ratner's Rat Pack Entertainment was set to produce along with Millennium, the company behind upcoming comic book movie Red Sonia, which was initially slated to be directed by... Brian Singer. The day after the news broke, Times Up released a statement condemning Ratner, declaring there should be no comeback for him. Not only did Ratner never acknowledge or apologize for the harm he caused, but he also filed lawsuits in an attempt to silence the voice of survivors who came forward. A tactic right out of Predator's playbook, the statement said. You don't get to go away for a couple years and then resurface and act like nothing happened. We have not and will not forget and Millennium Media shouldn't either. In a joint statement to The Hollywood Reporter and other outlets Wednesday, Rat Pack and Millennium did not address the criticism but said, On the hills of the announcement of the long-jesting Millie Vanilli movie, the project fielded multiple competitive bid and a group of private equity investors have emerged that are fully financing the movie to begin production shortly. They added that Millennium would not be involved in the production. So that is two projects um, that are currently on hold because of what Brett Ratner is going through. But I know I would be very interested in seeing a Millie Vanilli movie to actually see it in a cinematic way and when I initially saw that that movie had been announced I said "Ooh, they even have like this movie poster on IMDb of it so I'm like "Ooh, this is gonna be good I mean because that was one of the most you know biggest scandals you know of this shoot what did that happen that happened in the early 90s so yeah, of of well, last that was the biggest scandal of like last decade. So I think it would be very interesting to see that come to light. We we shall see, you know, what's gonna happen of it, if anything will happen of it. Maybe someone else will pick this movie up as well. I don't know. Time will tell. So we'll just see. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the last movie that we're going to talk about. And that movie is Flamin' Hot. And you know what? The controversy behind this movie is already flaming hot. Now, I'm going to reference an article which is from the site Deadline. And this article was written on May 4th of 2021. And it's titled Eva Longoria Cheetos Movie Flaming Hot sets Jesse Garcia and Annie Gonzalez as leads. So, this is them talking about the casting of the movie. And, you know, other bits and pieces of it. So let's get into it. So Jesse Garcia from Quinceanera 
We'll play Richard Montanez, the architect of the Flamin' Hot Cheeto, and Annie Gonzalez of Jitified will portray his wife Judy in Eva Longoria's directorial debut Flamin' Hot from Searchlight Pictures and Franklin Entertainment. As Deadline first told you about the movie, Flamin' Hot tells the true life story of Richard Montanez, the Frito-Lay janitor who took inspiration from his Mexican-American heritage to creating Flamin' Hot Cheetos, the snack that disrupted the food industry and became a pop culture phenomenon. Desperate Housewives actress and telenovela Grand Hotel and Devious Minds, Eva Longoria, beat out several directors for the job after impressing Franklin and Searchlight with her authentic approach to the project. Said Longoria in a statement, it has been my biggest priority to make sure we are telling Richard Montanez's story authentically. I'm so happy to have two extremely talented and fellow Mexican-Americans on board in these pivotal roles, Jesse and Annie have a deep understanding of our community and will be able to help us tell this story of great importance for our culture. So that is a bit of information in regards to casting, but recently Frito-Lay is in a little bit of drama and they are actually revealing that the origin story of the Flamin' Hot Cheeto is possibly false. And here is an article from Yahoo News um, that is talking about it. So this is what it says. So the humble origins of Frito-Lay's Flamin' Hot Cheetos could be a lie. Richard Montanez, a motivational speaker, credits himself as the creator of Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Montanez has crafted a career built upon the story of how he came up with the idea as a janitor at the California Frito-Lay plant in 1976 after immigrating to the U.S. from Mexico. Montanez has said in interviews that he put chili powder on a Cheeto and told the CEO of Frito-Lay his idea. The product has since become one of America's favorite snacks, and CNBC reported Montanez eventually became an executive at PepsiCo, the parent company of Frito-Lay. Actress Eva Longoria is directing a movie based on Richard Montanez's story. But a new Los Angeles Times report claims Montanez did not invent Flamin' Hot Cheetos, according to employees at Frito-Lay, and refute claims made by Montanez. Lynn Greenfield, who was a junior snack food professional at Frito-Lay, said she came up with the name Flamin' Hot Cheetos and created the product beginning in 1989, per the LA Times. The product entered test markets in Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland, and Houston starting in 1990. Employees at Frito-Lay said they do not recall Montanez meeting with company executives to pitch his idea. The LA Times also notes Roger Enrico, the former CEO of Frito-Lay, who Montanez claims to have pitched Flamin' Hot Cheetos to, did not start as chief executive until six months after the products reached test markets. Frito-Lay, which the LA Times said never publicly refuted Montanez's claims until recently, told paper... Montanez was not involved in any part of the Flamin' Hot Cheetos development, but Frito-Lay did not deny Montanez's involvement in creating Flamin' Hot Cheetos to NPR, which ran an episode on the product shortly before LA Times story was published. He's a part of it. Yes, sure. A Frito-Lay spokesperson told NPR's Sarah Ida Gonzalez. Frito-Lay confirmed the existence of a meeting between Montanez and two company executives in California to NPR, 
but later walked back their claim after additional facts were brought to light, Gonzalez said in a tweet. Okay, so that's from that article. And then I had found another one about PepsiCo actually defending the former executive among all of the uh, Flamin' Hot Cheeto origin story controversy. So uh, this is another article from Yahoo News that actually it looks like it's credited to Variety. So this was May 22nd, 2021. All right, so PepsiCo issued a lengthy new statement on the Flamin' Hot Cheetos controversy on Friday in which the company expressed support for Richard Montanez, the former Frito-Lay executive whose claims to have invented the snack were debunked by the Los Angeles Times. The new statement comes as Eva Longoria is preparing to direct Flamin' Hot, a biopic based on Montanez's life, which is set to go into production this summer. The Times report concluded that Montanez worked on their products in the Flamin' Hot line, but that Flamin' Hot Cheetos were actually invented years before by a separate team. The screenwriter Flamin' Hot Cheeto, Louis Colick, argued early in the week that enough of Montanez's story was true, though he acknowledged that it might not be entirely faithful to the facts. Uh, For PepsiCo, the controversy complicates a feel-good story that highlighted the company's outreach to the Latino market. And um, in the new statement, they did not challenge any of the facts unearthed in the Times investigation, but it did argue that some of the company's earlier comments on the issues had been misconstrued. Um, In a new statement, the company said it attributes the launch and success of Flamin' Hot Cheetos and other products to several people, including Montanez. So basically, it just seems like Montanez said he was a sole creator. Then they denied even having a meeting with him about it. And then it's turned into, well, he was a part of it, but he wasn't the only creator. And this was actually in tests before, you know, he came up with his story. So I think that's all very interesting and... I can't wait to see how it plays out. We know most of the time with these type of bio pictures, some of the things are exaggerated or they are embellished. So, I mean, that's kind of a part of the gig, especially in movies. I mean, because it is a movie telling a story about someone's life and sometimes they fabricate or enhance certain things. So, you know, it happens, but um, hopefully they do find a resolve and, um, it still comes out to be a good story. So we shall see. All right. And that is all the movies I have for you today. Go ahead. Let me know in the comments below which movie you are excited to see. Also, let me know if you have any other information about these movies that we've talked about in this episode. Don't forget to like, comment, share, and tell a friend about the podcast. And I want to go ahead and thank my listeners. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back. I appreciate you. You're a real one, period. And if you are a new listener, well, then thank you so much for stopping by and giving my podcast a chance. All right. Well, I'll see you guys on the next page.